my notes here. Here's the main reason is because I want to have an ending place and, and probably I'll skip over a whole bunch of stuff here, but I just feel like there's a couple things uh, that are very, very important to us. It's 1135. I'll try to be done by 12 o'clock. Is that all right? Midday, it's about normal, and, but I go over that. I, I, I've gone over a few times. Uh, don't apologize for it, but I'll try not to make a habit of it. Amen. Jason, it's so good to see you, and we love Jason's spirit. Just got a great, great spirit. Jason Sidock uh, here with his dad and mom. And so all the rest of you, hallelujah, amen, amen. You may be seated. I don't have a scripture. I got scriptures, but they're just, I'm just doing this a little weird here today, but, but I will try to just uh, stay with my notes. And that's hard for a preacher to do because each point, I could just take off on it, but I try my best not to. As always, on this Father's Day, there are mixed feelings uh, and our emotions sometimes are on the edge. And here's why. When I look across the congregation, uh, I see widows that will never get over the grief in the past uh, memories of, of, of good husbands and fathers. And I see children and grandchildren who well remember the passing of the patriarch of their family. Men in our families, whether it's a father, grandfather, amen, or just a father figure. And so uh, our emotions get on edge when we come to these special days. I don't know if it's as, as serious and as bad as it is on Mother's Day, but there's there's some feelings. My dad passed away in 1982, December the 9th, and, and it was our first year in home mission, struggling and uh, drove home, was there with my dad a few days and was in the room with them when he passed. And, and so those memories on Father's Day, they just come flooding in there and so I get mixed feelings and mixed emotions and I would to God a thought that I did think of him. Uh, nothing but age, college, uh, books, none of this stuff can teach you what real life experience teaches us. And and I remember uh, Brother Ruck when he was that had passed and I'm, I'm just, my brain was going nuts and, and uh, doing hands. I didn't know what to do. You know, he had always been there for me to call and he had always called me and, and it had been all of my life. And especially we had got in home missions and he being a preacher as well as myself, uh, he gave me so much good advice and so much help and his prayers meant so much. But I thought, well, we're, we're, we, I learned a lot, Brother Green, but, but we're push, putting this man in the ground and not only is he going in the ground, in the grave, but all kind of information and all kind of knowledge that I probably didn't get from him, I wish somehow there would have been a way for me to transfer that all those years of, of living for God. Uh, but we just have to pick up the, the best we can. Amen. But if I could turn the tables today and talk less about fathers and more two fathers today. I feel like it would be very beneficial because to be a father, it's an honor and a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. And I remember uh, telling somebody one time, I, I grew up knowing I was responsible. I knew it early on because when something was torn up or something was broken, I remember hearing my mama say, Charlie's responsible for that. <laughs> so I had it driven in there, you know, like I'm responsible. I grew up knowing, just threw that in. Amen. Joshua chapter one, verse one. Now after the death of Moses, 
and the, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Now Moses died, now he's talking to Joshua here, the son of Nun. Moses minister saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place, I love this part, I could stop and preach faith right here. I'm not gonna do it, but every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, you know, we like to just look at it and speak it in vain. No, no, God said, put your foot on it. Right. Amen. If we want to shout in church, we just need to get out in the aisle and shout ourselves. If we want a praising, dancing aisle, we just need to do that. Right. I tell the story about the woman who was just hungry and wanting a, 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 a good Holy Ghost, you know, one of those Holy Ghost shouting praise in church. We just got to have that. But I said, go ahead. Who's stopping you? It doesn't have to be programmed. In fact, we have to be deprogrammed and able to do that. But some people feel like, but where you put your foot, God said, I'm gonna give that to you, Moses. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that to you, all right? Just like I said unto Moses. Verse five, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, and I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Don't you worry, God's gonna be there. Today, amen, again, I don't wanna talk about fatherhood. I wanna talk to fathers. I think I'm old enough to do this now. I think I qualify now to say a couple things to say, you know, maybe I can help a little bit. I wanna tell you how special you really are in the lives of your children. This is your day, Dad. And so we wanna point out a couple things. In countless studies, Dad, you are important. Authorities have found that the likelihood of criminal activity, delinquency in minors, suicide, depression, drug, alcohol abuse, and teenage pregnancy increase enormously if one factor is missing in the home. That's you, Dad. Here's a few more facts. Children raised without the influence of a father are two to three times more likely to have behavioral or psychological problems than those children who have dads. Now, let me just throw in, we're living in a society, we talked about it changing, Brother Johnson, so fast before us, that's trying to steal, we need to wake up, folks, it is trying to steal the family from us. You don't need a mom, you don't need a dad, one or the other works, it doesn't make any difference. You know, that's not true, all right? What made this nation what it is, what made it great and powerful and strong, amen, was families, that's where it all started. There was a family before there was a church. And so we don't let the enemy, we don't need to let the enemy take that away from us, amen. 70% 70% of those incarcerated in youth detention facilities were raised without a father. Dad, you need to hear me here. 75% of teen suicide, 80% of all psychiatric admissions among youth share the same common trait, no father in the home. Young men whose fathers die before they reach adolescence have the greatest difficulty making a successful adjustment to marriage, amen. I'm just, I won't go there, but hey, just take that as it is. Women who feel that their fathers abandoned them uh, exhibit greater uh, promiscuous behavior in adulthood. Wow, Dad. Contrary to what many people say, 
about the role of a father. You are very important to the success of the family. Amen. And in turn, that makes a better community if you have a better family, all right? I, please don't take this, anybody that's family's busted up, broken up, but please don't, I don't want you to leave here guilty. The preacher got on my case and that's not the intentions. I wouldn't hurt anybody uh, for anything in the world, but just in case you're right there, just kind of hanging in the balances, like a friend of mine down in Mississippi, hanging in the balconies. Let me, if I could just get in there in time to say, listen, let's pray before we make that decision. In fact, let's pray a while. Let's pray through and get the mind of God. Amen. Amen. But, but, but I, you know, these emotional feelings that we get, the thing, uh, you know, if, if we could go back and do it over again. Now, I know we can't in most cases. The thing I would do if I could start over, I would praise more. And now I know, I'm the, I believe in spanking. My kids can tell you that. Amen. I would, I would praise more and correct less. If I had a second chance, I'd tell my children more often how proud I am of them. This works, folks. This works. I think this is the best way. Listen, Dr. James Dobson used to tell this in his book, uh, Dare to Discipline. You know, when the, when the baby spills the milk, you don't spank them for that. You don't spank, the, nobody spanks you when you spill things. You don't spank the kid for this and that. And, no, 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 no. But when the, the spanking time is when the kid challenges you and stands and looks at you straight in the eyes and tells you, now that's spanking time. That's spanking time, all right? But there's a different way. There's a better way. You know, let that be the last resort. And so these are things I would do if I could start over again, amen. If I had a second chance, amen, I'd tell my kids how much I love them and how much I appreciate them. But, but, but this is what life is. We just learn. Life teaches us. You know, I, I, I'm, I remember after getting of age, getting older, and I remember realizing that my dad didn't do everything just right. But let me tell you what he did do. He did do what he thought was right. He wasn't a hypocrite. And my kids are here, and they could tell you that I didn't do things right. But they will never tell you that I was a hypocrite. We did what we did because we felt like that was the right thing. Listen, that'll, that'll carry us a long, long way, amen, with our kids. I, you know, again, on this do-over again, I would catch my kids doing things right. Did you get it? Oh, I caught them doing my, no, no, no. I'd catch them doing right things. Joshua's father, none. We had a guy down home many years ago said Joshua was an illegitimate kid because he's, he was the son of none. <laughs> Seriously, I'm serious. <laughs> that was N-U-N, by the way. <laughs> I can't help it, y'all. <clears throat> when none passed and Moses became, then Moses became, it looks like, according to most Bible scholars, amen, that Moses became Joshua's spiritual father. There was a time when Joshua led Israel into the fight, amen, against the Amalekites. Moses, I'm talking about complimenting. I'm talking about holding up the arms and the hands, amen, helping our kids along, amen. But that fight, that battle down in the valley, 
Amen. Moses sat atop a hill overlooking the battle with Aaron and her. Read about it in the Bible. Holding the arms of Moses up. Now, if we can imagine here, and I think we can, Joshua looking toward the hilltop. He wanted to make sure that dad, his spiritual father, had his hands up. In other words, you know, that meant something to him. Amen. That spiritual father's uplifted hands, if he could see them from a distance, he would know then that victory was near. I'm gonna make it through this. We all need this, folks. We may act bad and big and tough, amen, but we need somebody to be with us. And upon what, what better person than a father? I tell people often, I say, you know what? You might could make it by yourself. You know, God's got the perfect design. He knows what he's doing when he put together a church, amen, groups of people. That's why Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some people do and much more so as you need to see the day approach because there is in, in, there's, there's power in numbers. You may make it alone by yourself, but let me just help save you a lot of trouble. It's a lot easier if you got somebody with you. Hallelujah, just throw that in, amen, amen. But as long as those hands were up, there was affirmation. You're gonna do it and you're gonna make it through this. When a father gives affirmation to his children, they will find victory. They will be delivered. Kenneth Erickson, author of Power to Praise, said that for the first seven, listen to me, moms and dads, for the first seven years of a child's life, he or she will hear seven rebukes for every praise. Seven. Seven times more. Don't do that. Get away from that. Y'all know? Amen. I mean, of course, there's some merit in that, that we're trying to teach our children what's right, what's wrong, what's safe, what's unsafe, what's hot, what's cold. Unfortunately, some of us fathers never grow out of the habit of rebuking. I'm the elder, listen to me, just shut up and march. You know, that's that, we, we don't know that we do that, but we do, so we need to think about it. We should learn how to transmit the corrections into praise as our children grow up. Hopefully we can pass it on to them. Oh, another thing to my do-over list, or on that list, I would spend more time with my children. More time with them. I know, and, and when your children are young, usually you're working, you do, and you use that for an excuse. And it may be some excuse, but we can find the time to do whatever we want. Amen. Uh, I, I, maybe I read this story to you. It just fascinated me. It broke my heart. But, uh, and I'm not trying to make you cry and pull your heart. So I'm not trying to, just, just hopefully we can be educated just a little bit. Charles Francis Adams was United States ambassador uh, to Great Britain under Lincoln, the Lincoln administration. His son, Brooke, was eight years old when something very special happened in his life and he noted it in his little diary. Went fishing with my father and he said, the most glorious day of my life. Throughout the next 40 years, he never forgot that day. He recalled it again and again in his diary. When his father passed away, Brooke inherited his father's diaries. Curious as to what his father had written about that very same day, he turned to the appropriate page and read the single sentence, went fishing with my son, a day wasted. 
T-I-M-E. That's how you spell love. And the Bible says where your treasures are, where you make your investment, where you spend your time, uh, there will your heart be also. You see, Brooks' father had, a, had his treasure elsewhere. We excuse ourselves saying we spend quality time together. Or my children are little and it doesn't really matter if I'm around them much. Listen, a child is only two for one year. Just one year and it's not two anymore. Toddlers do not remain toddlers for very long. A father should lead his family to worship. Y'all knew I was gonna get to that. Where do you think Joshua received the courage to shout one day, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Dads, make a decision here. I've already talked about it a little bit. This world is going nuts. I don't mean to be a stick in the mud. I don't be, well, I am a religious fanatic. I'll confess that. I'm like Paul said, I've become a, I am a fool for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. But perhaps none, his father, but surely from Moses, his spiritual father. In Exodus 4, verses 12 and 13, when God called Moses up the mount to receive the law, Amen. God didn't, these are things that you need to be highlighted or underlined if you believe the Bible. Amen. But God did not ask Moses to bring Joshua with him. He just did. Why? Because that's what fathers do. He did, Moses didn't need God to, oh yeah, make sure you, no, he didn't need that. That was his boy in the Lord. That was his son. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in closing, amen. If y'all want, and y'all want some music to come up just in the next few minutes, I'm gonna try to just close this up. I could preach a while on this. Helen, Sister Valerie, bless you. Glad to see you. Hallelujah. You can consider me an alarmist, fear monger, reactionary, anything you want. Some of that might be true. But I see the world... I can't get off of this. I told you I might just say a word or two about it in which we live, changing at a rapid rate. Now, I'm not so concerned with all the sin in the world. In fact, it could be kind of a blessing. Amen. Because the darker the night, the brighter the light. So, so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about all this. In fact, the word tells us it's gonna continue and it's gonna get worse. But my greatest concern is that God's people see no wrong and no consequences in ignoring the commandments of God. I know that there are places that we have leeway and we have flexibility. I understand that. We're not trying to make a cookie cutter anything around here. Amen. There's, but there are a few absolutes Listen, two plus two equals four. You can want it to be five all you want to, but it's still four. (laughs) And there's some things in the scripture. Listen, if you get up off the ground just a little bit, amen, and then you decide to just back off of that or step off, gravity just is just, just a thing that's there. 
and people try to do the word of the Lord. In fact, the Bible said God's word is forever settled. I need to say these couple things here in closing. I need to do this because dads, we're we going we gonna to honor you and we're going to bless you and we're going to hug your neck. And again, I've, I've already said it. We wouldn't offend anybody on purpose for anything in the world. But listen, the world cusses out loud right in front of you. Nobody apologizes. People do everything. There's a list of things that are so unbiblical, but people just do it and don't apologize. I, listen, we, we're not allowed to have an ugly spirit. We're not allowed as Christians to be judgmental and harsh and mean. We can't do that. But we can tell the truth. And when we get to preaching the truth with the right spirit, listen, let me tell you that the wind gets to blowing and the chaff gets carried away. And the grain falls back to the ground because we talked about it last week. When you look out at a wheat field and you say, oh, that's wheat. Yeah, that's wheat out there, but it's a lot of other things out there besides wheat. There's stalks and leaves and dirt and husk. So there's a process and the church is the place, amen. It's the threshing floor where all that's thinned out. And so listen, if folks come to church now, it's our fault. Folks come to church to be blessed and lifted and that can happen. But they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be told what to do. Amen. I got a scripture for you here in closing. So this is what we have to do because the world needs to know. There's some people who already know, but they don't want to know. All right. But there's some folks who never heard somebody say, this is what we need to do. Amen. So I'm not concerned about sin. I'm not concerned about the world. Amen. But my concern, amen, that the people of God, amen, just act like it doesn't say that. Second Timothy 4 and 2, watch this. Paul was about to be beheaded here and his son in the Lord, Timothy, he wrote this to him. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke. Now, Preachers can't get by with that too much. You gotta build up to what you say because you know, you'll know you get fired. Hey, but y'all can't fire me here because I got here first. <laughs> I got the advantage over you, all right? So I'll just say it, but I won't use that on you as too much leverage, all right? But he said, reprove, rebuke. This is what he's telling him to preach. Exhort with all long-suffering and teaching or doctrine. In verse three, he says, there's a reason for that. Reason you gotta do that, he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, one translation says they won't put up with it, won't hear it, but after their own lust, they're going, that's why, that's why that a preacher doesn't need to be a hireling because he's afraid he'll get fired if he gets out of step. You know what, before this is all over with, true apostolic, Jesus name, Holy Ghost preachers might be preaching in a jail somewhere, just like Paul was. Because Jesus said, you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. There is this repelling, hateful, I don't like, and all you're trying to do is just save people. It'd be like, it would be like if the house is on fire and you came in and said, get out, the things can fall in. And people just start hating you for that. Like you, you got a mean spirit and you know, you're just judgmental and no, I'm trying to get you out of here. Hallelujah. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Are there any men, are there any dads who will take a stand for the scriptural common sense truth? Truth that is non-negotiable. Listen, let me just throw out a couple. The Bible says all liars 
shall have their part in the lake of fire. And is that, is God just kidding when he said that? He doesn't mean that anymore. Thou shalt not steal, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. It's just two verses right here. Now you, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. You don't even have to be gay, folks. You can just look gay and God don't like it. He wants the sexes to be separate. But now, people who are supposed to be conservative, like, oh, it'd be okay if, uh, I don't see the deal about going in, you know, if you want to go in the ladies' room, Brother Green, you could just do that. Everybody makes their own choice. The, the book of Judges, the book of Judges, let me tell you how fair God is and how equitable he is. He's gonna do what's right The book of Judges, the Bible said, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. I just make my own. That's where we are right now in America. That's the train of thought. Ain't no preacher telling me what to do. Nobody ever did, you know. Hey, when I finally got to church, my family was so messed up, backsliders, that I never even questioned them. I loved what I felt. They looked like they had their life together, and I certainly didn't. I didn't even question. Now we question everything, but that's okay. Because the answers are there, but we have to have some solid foundation, amen, some absolute somewhere in our life that we have to go by. But judges, they did everything what they thought was right in their own eyes. But, and, and God moved and sent angels and did all kind of great, wonderful things that I like to preach about, amen. But the bottom line is it didn't work. And God was saying, see, if you, if you look at the broad picture and you see it like, you know, we can just all do what we want to do and it'll, that'll, we'll all be happy. No, you won't. You'll get yourself in big trouble. Amen. Because there are some principles like right and wrong and there's gravity that still works. And the harvest. I got stuff I plant in my garden and y'all know, you know, I'm learning. I was raised kind of on a farm and worked on farms. Amen. But there's, there, you put that seed in the ground. If it's corn, guess what? It won't be turnips that comes up. That's what you're going to get. And so if we keep sowing into the things of the world, we keep ignoring God's commandments. We keep, we, you know, you, when you don't do them, then you're against, you're far against. And so I, my point is not to prove anybody wrong. I don't want to say, ha ha, I was right. You're not, this is not about that. I'm too old for that. I'm about getting you out of this house that's on fire, that's about to crush Amen, and burned us to death. Amen. He went on and named idolaters, adulterers, or feminine, or abusers of themselves with mankind. Just, it's just one of those things, you know. I, re- I realize we're outnumbered by those who don't believe a word of this. I, I understand that. Peter said, save yourself from this untoward generation. Come on, Dad. Amen. Amen. Here's what the Christian world doesn't seem to get or does not accept. Philippians 1.29. For unto you it is given in the behalf that Christ not only, not only to believe on him. Now listen closely right here. Amen. But also to suffer for his sake. Men, we don't get to do what we want to do. Uh, or we can't expect to have a, a wonderful life if we do that. Here's what we do. We do what we ought to do. <laughs> Not what you want to do. 
Hallelujah. Someone said that, I hear it pretty often and I'm trying to close. Amen. Somebody said, well, that's just not fair. Well, let me tell you about us. We're not looking for fair. We're looking for favor. I'm gonna do what God wants me to do. And y'all know that Christian is the sweet, nice word, but a better word for that is slave. Look it up. Look at it in the Bible. Look at it in the Bible. I mean, y'all have heard this over and over. Maybe somebody here has not heard this. Christians is a better sound. Oh, I'm a Christian. In fact, it's just common to do that. Amen. But a better word, a more proper word for a Christian wouldn't be Christian. It'd be being a slave. Paul said, I've been bought. I've been purchased with a price. Hallelujah. What are you going to do with a guy like Paul? That's all right. Hallelujah. Feel the Holy Ghost here. Hallelujah. Somebody say, man, that's in, no, that's in order. It's decent too. Hallelujah. Take that, devil. <laughs> Let's all stand together. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what we do. Every kind of media thing, you know, we, uh, we're being preached to by the world. Brother Jason, I'm so glad you're here. May I have felt the great spirit, love your spirits since the first time you came. Amen. I'm, we're going to fight the enemy with you. Amen. You're going to make it through this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but we, you know, we don't want preaching, but we get it. We get it in the music of the world. We get it in the news. We get it uh, any kind of thing that comes across that. We, we, we get it. And we don't even know. We think we thought of it. But we're being indoctrinated, Sister Jan, by the spirit of this world. So let me just help you here. You need to counterbalance that. I'm not saying cut yourself off from everything in the world. I'm just simply saying you need to counterbalance. You need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to do it on a regular basis. I wouldn't try to raise my kids. I no way I would raise, I would try to raise them without the influence of the church. Now, it's not a hundred percent guarantee because people can backslide people in the church. I understand that. But your chances of your kids turning out well and good and respecting you and honoring you and making something out of themselves and blessing the community that they live in. It is so much better if you put them in a place where people pray, where people make a commitment to the things of God and other people. Come to the house of the Lord. And men... The Old Testament, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy that, but I come, you know, to just, uh, in other words, word, it's a schoolmaster, he said. I come to fulfill that. So we look back in the Old Testament, our schoolmaster, and we see that the men, the men were the leaders of their homes. They didn't have all the sitcoms every afternoon and every night making men look goofy and silly and weak. That'll get to you too after a while. So men are just stooges, you know, they just. But the men in the Old Testament led their families and the men said, come on, honey, we're going to church today. In fact, Saturday night, is our clothes ready? We got things ready for church. That's what we do at our house. You know, I see people looking for socks on Sunday. Ooh, where's my socks? You you got to do that on Saturday night. That's like my offering. I'm checking my stash. On Saturday night, I gotta get you. Know, I don't just like you see people like when they offer. Oh yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what they don't know what they got. Plan on giving. Plan on doing right. Plan on showing up. 
devil don't know what to do with it. God bless you. Amen. I'm sorry. I just got a lot to say. Love you guys. Ladies, amen. Treat your husband, your dad, amen, the man in the house. Treat him good. I'm, I'm going to expect to be treated good. I hate to tell y'all, Brother Green, what we got today. My wife, whoo. We couldn't quite get out or get away from that southern Louisiana gumbo. (laughs) Amen. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. I do. My wife was talking today. We need to invite more of our people over. Amen. We love this church. We love you. Amen. We want to help you. We want to bless you. We want to be your friend. And we want to tell you the truth. Nothing wrong with that, is it? There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Well, praise God. I don't know what to do. Y'all got a song or something? Thank God for good help around here. And I see my girls. Amen. So glad to see them, Laura, Amy. Amen. Glad to see y'all. Finally got up. Amen. I use this as leverage to some people that don't come very often. I said, now who in the world wouldn't want to be at a place where everybody loves them. Just throwing that out there just a little bit. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Sing with us just for a moment or two as we're being dismissed.
loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong we are so weak but he is strong he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves oh yeah 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 Jesus loves us he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves how he loves us God bless you. Don't forget the donuts with dad in the back. Pick up your donuts on the way out or stop in the back and have some donuts with your kids. God bless you.